This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 340, and tonight, Halloween may be over, but the hijinks continue because I've stumbled upon a delightful little vampire comedy called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker from 2016. And to keep things extra spooky, we're being invaded by heterosexuals. Ah, But it's okay. These are two heterosexuals who always know where their beards are at. On their faces, we're talking about Michael Howie and Christopher Gronlin. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. <laughs> so before we kick off the show, I just want to let you know that I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker is available to watch for free on Amazon Prime, the Roku Channel, Tubi, and Plex, I believe. So if you don't want everything spoiled, I suggest you go watch the movie right now. But here's the thing. If you are a hard sell, you're like, I don't think you've sold me on this movie yet, Patrick. I'm not just going to take your word for it. I want to hear what Michael and Christopher have to say about it, too. Guess what? It's okay if you listen to the episode and then go watch the movie because we don't even scratch the surface of the amount of comedy hijinks that are going on in this film. It is an avalanche of hilarity, and it was difficult for us to keep up. So we don't, we don't even come close to spoiling things. So you can listen... Some of the good jokes are going to get spoiled, but still, it's a delightful movie to watch, so check it out. This was supposed to be your Halloween episode, but life threw a couple of monkey wrenches in. But hey, what's one of the first things we learned here at Scream Queens is that Halloween is any goddamn day we say it is. So happy Halloween, everybody. Happy second Halloween. But you've waited for this long enough, so why don't I bring on Michael and Christopher? But first, let's take a listen to the trailer for I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. For centuries, the Harkers have fought vampires. But these Harkers and Big Finish don't have a clue. People love vampire stuff. People love male models that sparkle and power. No one's scared of vampires anymore. How do you convince people? That vampires are real. We dumped a dead body with a mutilated neck, drained of blood in a lake. Any such talk of vampires, let's just plain silly. If there were vampires, those Harkers would have said something about it, right? We're going to catch the vampire, and you can all see for yourselves, okay? Right here, at Al Harker. Ah, great, another vampire. Nobody said there was going to be two vampires. Ah, f**k. Every family has a skeleton in their closet. This one just woke up. Come get some, you satanic sons of bitches. Big finish! Ah. Ah. 
fucking scary. I had a bloody good time at House Harker. Coming Friday the 13th. Be there. Okay, my beautiful, beautiful screamers. I put you through the ringer last episode. So it's time to swing the pendulum all the way to the other side of the pendulorium. I don't know what it is. What do you put a pendulum in? I don't know. Whatever. Not the point right now. Not the point right now. We're going to have some fun tonight. And also, we're not just any kind of fun. We're going to have Halloween fun because it's October. It's the reason for this season, whatever you want to say. To get us in the Halloweeny mood, I brought two guys that just sum up the holiday. One's hollow, the other one's a weenie. You figure out who's who. They're all part of the beard fecta. You know them. You love them. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, they may both be assholes, but they're my assholes. Christopher Groland and Michael Howie. Hello, hello. Happy Halloween. Yes. It's a delightful time of year. Even in Texas. Even in Texas. It's even better in Canada because they got Canadian candy. Canada candy is what I was going to say. Canadian candy. Yes. Your candy's Mm -hmm. better. They have good candy. I would agree with that. And they get Thanksgiving early. Yeah, it's already Thanksgiving is past when this is coming out for us. Yeah, it's done. Patrick it's over. is like, what the hell, Howie? Don't confuse me. Mm. <laughs> Stop the show. No one talk about Wait. anything else. <laughs> We're done. Canadian Thanksgiving killed Scream Queens. I had those watch parties that I do every Sunday. I screened something a while. Oh, it was it was this cute little um, Canadian independent film called Halloween Party. But I ran it back in May and I convinced my American audience. Oh, we're screening it today because it's Canadian Halloween in May. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can sell that. <laughs> I, I try and sell Americans our gold $50 coins all the time um, <laughs> that are worth a dollar. Yes. Yeah. 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 Every day is Halloween here at Scream Queen. So, okay. The movie that we are talking about today is the 2016 delightful vampire comedy. I had a bloody good time at House Harker. Who did I make do the summary last time? Do you remember? I think we both tried. I fucked up and Mike did it. So I, I would take another try, but that's... Uh, Oh, it's just setting us up for failure. All right. Since we have a tradition here at Scream Queens, Michael Howie, I need you to give me a nice, tight 30-second back of the DVD plot summary of I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. The clock starts now! In a world where vampires were real but aren't anymore, and people are really concerned about small mortgage loans from their municipality, and then vampires come back, and there's a lot of humor... I'm going to say that's great because you made water spread out my nose in the first three words of that description. And I wasn't drinking water at the time, so it's really weird. Anyway, it's a miracle. Michael Howie is the new Moses. Christopher, would you like to give it a shot and not kill me in the process? Um, I'll give it a try. 30 seconds, eh? So that A was in honor of Michael, so. I got that. Thank you. Thanks. In 1912, the Harker family fought vampires, and one of them kept a skull. Flash forward to the future. Jerry Harker is doing a play because he has a renovation that he has to do. He got money from the city, but he's not doing that. He's doing this stage thing. So he brings it. Time is up. (laughs) See, I suck at this. You do suck at this. I was going to say, the descendants of Jonathan Harker, the people who originally slew Dracula, well, they live in large in America, and the problem is they have to raise $50,000 or they're going to lose their house. The other problem is the bright idea that they have to raise the $50,000 raises a bunch of vampires and mayhem ensues. 
There you go. See? Mm-hmm. Nice and tight, Patrick. Nice and tight. I do kegels. <laughs> there you go. So this little movie was created by a comedy troupe called Good Cops. Good Cops Entertainment. Who apparently haven't done anything since like 2013. So we're like 10 years late to the game. But I started watching their stuff today. They're very funny. We'll bring them back. <laughs> What's great about them is they're playing cops. They all have mustaches. But unfortunately, mustaches are not beards. They're not. They're not. But it's, but you know it would be they would be it would be too hot to handle. It turn into, it's not comedy yeah. then. It's that it's pornography. Mm-hmm. Still on the face, but Still, not on the fully. on the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dangerously balanced on the upper lip, mm-hmm. not on the face. There you go. Yeah. So it's a comedy trio. Uh, Noel Carroll, Jacob Gibbons, and Derek Hagen. They make up the good cops, and they are the. Uh, reason Donald Trump. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. They are they are the causalabra behind this movie. And it's a hoot of a little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just saying the boys before we started that it was going to be hard to talk about this as it's always hard to talk about comedies in general because you just wind up going joke, 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 and it doesn't really come across. But this one's particularly difficult because once the action starts, it's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like an avalanche. It just keeps building steam and it doesn't stop. And the jokes are coming so fast and the plot's going so fast. It's hard to keep up. I've just, I've watched it three times and I can't remember what happened in the last half hour, but that's a good thing. Absolutely. It's like airplane. Yes. It's just mm-hmm. constant and we'll get to it, but also a lot of blood. Oh, yes. Buckets. Literally, they're throwing buckets. Like, clearly, clearly they budget. don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. They're, this was, um, they had to do a Kickstarter to get all their special effects, uh, better special effects and better equipment and things like that after the movie had been finished. And they make, a, they do a lot with a little. Like, when they bring in the CGI stuff, it's used well. Yeah. It's used yeah. sparingly. But for the most part, it's literally people throwing buckets of blood around. And that, again, not, not an insult. <laughs> it's great. <No>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's wonderful is it's not like the blood viscosity changes significantly depending on the bit they're doing. So if they need it to get thrown across a room, it's like water. But if it's something on the ground, yeah. it's like ketchup that's been there for a week. Well, it's because if it's on the ground, it picks up all the dirt and stuff and it gets thicker. Oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And gravity. It's gravity. It's There's blood. also gravity involved. When it's down, it's heavier because it's down. And when it's up, it's lighter because it's in the air. That checks out. I got it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty Science. sure I read that study. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So- the only beef I have with this movie, and it's a small one, is that it took me a long time to figure out who was who and what their relationships were. Mm-hmm. That was a little confusing. Yes. When it started, I, I had the feeling that it was a comedy troupe when it said Good Cops TV at the beginning. I was like, hmm. I thought maybe this was based on established characters from their web series, but it's not. But you catch up fairly quickly. We've got the Harker family. There's three Harker siblings and their, their loser friend who's always hanging around. Yes. Ned, the loser friend. Ned, the loser friend. Who is the Michael Howie of the movie, by the way? And that's not an insult. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he and I could carve together. I was going to say, he, you carve stuff, eh? You both you both whittle. You both whittle. <laughs> I've got scars on my... You can't really see him on a camera like this. But you, you can't can really see, see him on like a that. podcast either, Michael. You can oh see God, it on a podcast. That, put that away. Put it, zip it up, Michael. We have podcasts. Oh, it's going to take me a eh? few minutes to pull it back in. No, uh, whittling is an important hobby, and it gets a nice prominent role in this film. It saves the day. It does. It really, really does. And looks hot doing it. <laughs> yes, it does. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, there's, there's this loser Fred Ned who's always hanging around them. But you've got the three main kids, adult kids. I shouldn't be calling them kids. There's, yeah. there's um, Jerry. Jerry. The gay brother who's not flamboyant, but everything's all about Jerry all the time. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's Jacob Gibbons. And by the way, all three of these guys could get it. 
They yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, they can all get you guys. I know you have no input. Well, you have input, <laughs> but no, never mind. So, <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> the brother who's autistic, and Paige, the long suffering sister who's scrappy yes. and tough and smart and cool and everything, who's played by Whitney Moore from Birdemic. Yes. No, that's where I saw her. Okay. Yes. She's so fucking good in this movie. Yeah, she's wonderful. She slays. She's effortless. And it's, she's, she's wonderful to watch. I'm so happy she has a career after this. I looked at her, her uh, IMDb. She did a couple of great things. Um, she's working constantly since then. Because if you do a movie like Birdemic and then that movie becomes infamous for being absolutely wretched, that could ruin your career before you even get started. But Whitney, good for you. you. You've risen above it. And here she turns into an absolutely spectacular performance. Yay. But she did a Satanic Panic, which is a comedy that's on Shutter right now that's very funny. Uh, contracted 2. I did the original on the show, but not the sequel. So I have to go back and see her. And she's currently working on Evil Bong with those fo- folks over at um, Full Moon Studios. Evil Bong, boys. It's exactly what it sounds like. The new Evil Bong. I was going to say, Amazing. you said it's- Evil Bong. So you clarified that for me. Now, is that in some way related to the time traveling bong? No, this one's evil. It's evil. It could, it could probably time travel. Too. I don't remember because I was high when I watched it. <laughs> the first one, anyway. Well, it's, it's got its own universe. Awesome. It's technically a multiverse because it's crossed into other movies. It's the evil bong multiverse, yes. All I remember Excellent. about the first one was a topless girl on a pogo stick going, I'm horny, I'm horny, because that happens. I've been to that party <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Went and the, checked mail today and it, that happened and it's like, uh-oh, Topless sorry. pogo stick, evil bong party, check, made. <laughs> I found that uh, uh, Paige also had, or the character Paige, had to carry all the dramatic weight at times. Yes. Which was fun, though, because that allows everyone else to be absolutely bonkers off the wall whenever they need to. Right, right. She's the sane one of the the family. But what I also thought was great that we have a comedy trio coming in who's adding a fourth, the pretty blonde girl, into the mix. She's not the pretty blonde girl in the movie. Like, they don't treat her like you often see. Like, she's just the side piece. is just to be a soundboard and be the poo-poo on everybody's fun, that sort of thing. She is all that, but she's got a lot of dramatic weight to her, which was a real surprise yeah. in this movie. Yeah, the only person who really objectifies her is, you know, Ned, because he has a long-term crush on her. But otherwise, she's just a badass. She's the one taking care of the family, taking care of business. The Defender goes full Buffy mode at one point. She sure does. Okay, so I mentioned that these guys are going to lose their house. Why are they going to lose their house? I'm sorry, this family is going to lose their house. Because they took out a $50,000 landmark loan from the city because they have this family history in the town. And instead of in the world, in literature, in literature, they are literary famous. Yes. But (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of renovating the house, Jerry's like, yeah, we're going to do like this vampire play thing with my goofy ass friends. And because he has come off the failure of Twirl, a movie that was the Billy Elliot of baton twirling movies, he thinks he's got the shit going and nothing's going. And now the city's like, you've got a week to renovate this house or we're suing you or you're giving us the 50 thou back. And yes, this show that he's planning, it's it's very funny. The movie opens. In the past, it's 1919. It's all this dramatic Dracula stuff. The, you know that uh, Jonathan Harker and his and Mina they fled to the United States after their encounter with the Dark Prince at the mm-hmm. end of the book, and they'd be living here fine. But then all of a sudden, another vampire shows up. You must be Harker's boy. Yes. 
Kun til sig. Of course you are. The devil has returned. Van Helsing was delicious. Who has consumed the bones, the, the, the dust of the bones of Dracula and now has his power, which I only realized that this is like the third time in a year that this has come up. So I guess that's a thing now. You, you snort the bones of Dracula and you get his powers, whatever. There you go. There's a battle and there's CGI stuff and explosions and it's really dramatic, but then you're cutting back and forth <laughs> to the show that they're actually doing. And it's, it's kindergarten level. It's really funny. It's worse than Michael and I putting together like a stage production in like if we were back in 20, 30, you know, year olds, Sitting there setting a stage up in our like shanty ass rental, except they own the mm-hmm. house. That's the level of production that we're talking about. And they think it's great. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they think it's great. The, the, even the little part where it's the there's a big dramatic scene in this terrible little play they're doing, and it's and the lights fade. And and then it's the very typical, and the trope I of, said, and the lights fade. <laughs> right? Call it out again. And you expect someone from another room to come running in. Nope. The guy who's been a mainstay and is on the ground on stage jumps who's up. Who's playing the vampire. Ac- yes, who's playing yeah, the vampire. Runs across the room to change the lights. like To, uh, no, to unplug the floor lamp. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be specific, right, right. Michael. To unplug yeah. the floor lamp. The minute I fell in love with the movie, it was very early. Because you're getting this vampire battle. I killed the last vampire. You may have killed Count Dracula, but he was not the last. And there will be more. You do not have the master's power. From the ashes and bone, I devoured the master's skull and consumed his power. In the middle of it, the vampire just turns to the camera and goes, Now I am the master. I can't concentrate if you keep mouthing my lines, Jerry. I can't concentrate if you keep mouthing my lines, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> and then we cut to the play for the first time. We're just seeing these idiots with doing, you know, battling with you know, styrofoam swords and shit or whatever that kind of thing. It's cosplaying. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it there because I, Tara, if you're listening, not Tara Gardner from Canada, my friend Tara DeVito from college, if you're listening, she knows damn well. Every time I worked there, she would mouth my lines when I did scenes with her. Oh, uh, yep. Or I would see her trying not to mouth my lines. <laughs> Yeah. So like squeezing her lips together in time with the words. But still seeing the muscles. It's <laughs> <laughs> like she's chewing something. <laughs> I can't concentrate like this, Tara. So I was like, okay, I feel I feel seen already. The movie just started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just great. to just And then this happens. And then this happens. And this happens. They're just cutting to this real estate woman or the bank woman or whatever the hell she is from the historical society. Just sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> We never agreed to financing this masterpiece. It's a disaster piece. We gave you $50,000 and there's like a hand-drawn backdrop and shit. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, this isn't going to fly. And then she goes, by the way, not only is this, this, we're going to sue you for fraud. This house is incredibly dangerous. I'm going to walk you around the house and point out everything that's extremely dangerous. And we get all the check golf jokes that are coming back in the third act. Yep. Yeah, and they all lose the glass, the railing that's the loose railing tied. The wood chipper on the second floor at the top of the staircase. Okay, the wood chipper on the second floor at the top of the staircase. I saw that and two thoughts entered my mind. One, 
great place for a wood chipper. Like you can just from your bedroom throw crap into it. But two, that's how you know it's a comedy and not a horror movie because no self-respecting screenwriter would go, I know, let's put a wood chipper at the top of the stairs in such a way that you have to climb over it to get upstairs facing out the window. Yes. Yes. It seems like a very right? Canadian thing. Because it saves so well, much yeah. time. Rather than having to go all the way down the stairs, if you have something that you want chipped, you have to go all the way down the stairs and all the way outside and then throw it in the chip. It's much easier to lug this gigantic two-ton machine up the flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the joke, it's like, why do you have a wood chipper up here? Why is there a wood chipper at the top of the stairs? Do you see any wood up here? Do you see any wood? Okay, that Fair makes enough. sense, and I can't argue mm-hmm. with that. No, nope, no, nope, there's that. There's that. There's all the, the. They're using actual wooden stakes in the place. She doesn't like that. The fuse box that they think is a spice rack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't latch uh, the spice rack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> told you not to. That latch That reminds the spice me of rack. some apartments I've been in. Yeah, uh, yeah. sticky door. Is, there's tons and tons of stuff. The water, the, the water hose. Every, everything comes back in the third act, and it's great fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the foreshadowing scene. Yes, the scene. The list goes on for so long. You're going, we need to remember all this, don't we? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is all coming back. This is not here for a reason. One of the things I do like about this movie is that, yeah, the jokes are coming fast and furious. And like we've done these horror comedies in the past. Michael and I have done a few together. And Christopher, you did the last one that are character based, that are hard to talk about because the jokes aren't like, but I'm this is not bad. But similar that it is character based, but the jokes come so fast that it's hard to keep up. But the jokes are all still based in the characters and things that have been meticulously crafted into the script earlier on. There are no loose ends in here anywhere. And it's very cleverly put together. Well done. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, too. You look at it and you watch it once and enjoy it and everything. And then you start going back through it again and going, oh, I forgot that that's going to come up. Every Again, time I see airplane, there's something new. Every time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. today when I was on lunch break thinking about it, you know, I liked it quite a bit when I watched it over the weekend. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, those clever motherfuckers, man. This was <laughs> really, really just laid out. And like Patrick said, everything is tied up. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to talk about characters in general. First of all, I also have to give them props because the three main characters, you they took risks. They didn't just play jerk characters. I mean, everybody in town hates this family for one reason yeah, or another. Yeah. Also, everyone in town is horrible. Really? I started to wonder, like, is this just America? Is that what's going on down there? Everyone except for like three people per town is terrible? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. Okay. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. Welcome, but not that welcome. But they took some risks in that, A, they made Jerry gay and they didn't have to. It's not important to the plot at all. It's not the source of any jokes and it also doesn't make him the butt of any jokes. It's just a gay character existing in this world like we do. And I love that. Exactly. And and I think the actor is straight. As far as I can tell, he's straight, which again is going to draw fire. But it it really integrates nicely. And also, like I said – Charlie is autistic, and that's a really touchy area, but I think they handle it all very nicely. I mean, he's not the butt of jokes. Yeah, that's it's not what he does or who he is that ever is the reason for the humor. It is either other people just being awful, as previously mentioned, 
or his unique look at something or the way he is tr- or he and his brothers communicate with each other. Uh, or sorry, not he and his brothers. He and his brother and sister and friends communicate. Potato. Yeah, the potato french fries. Potato. So that's not <laughs> yeah. a joke. I still don't get how that's a joke. Potato. Fingers. No, you have to say french fries or my potato sounds stupid. So potato. Open potato. Never mind. Fingers. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just a thing. You know, that's like a sibling thing. Throughout the movie, Jerry is always doing this like cool handshake thing with his brother where he put it's kind of almost like a fist bump, but he goes potato and he's, he wants Ned to say, I don't know what he wants. I don't I don't think we ever know what he's supposed to say, but yeah, whatever it's French fries. Is it French fries? Yeah. He wants him to say French fries, I think. OK. Yeah. Because it happens at the end. OK. Again, everything goes so fast, but you no, know, it, it, it always goes Comedia dell'arte throughout. It just keeps getting repeated. and It's never the focus. It's yeah. always in the background. That's again, that's how you can pull the uh, the comedian writers behind it, because the casual conversation while something else is happening has jokes in it and not pulling focus either. Like both yeah. things are happening simultaneously at the same time and it's still everything's landing. I have to take issue. However, where is my screen share? Jerry is not only just gay. He also is an actor who went to Hollywood to be famous. And his big claim to fame is what did you say you mentioned earlier? Twirl, which was supposed to be the Billy Elliot of baton twirling movies. Mm-hmm. And he got a stuntman to play the twirler. He he stars in it. Yes. We th- we spent a lot of time on twirl. This what the, the story of the boy who didn't want to be an accountant. All he wanted to do was twirl a baton. Yeah. You get out there and twirl. Twirl boy, twirl. <laughs> it's the but it's described as like they said, the uh, the October sky of baton twirling movies the karate kid of baton twirling movies and i'm sorry clearly nobody who wrote this was gay because if they were they would know that the dead poet society of baton twirling movies is twirl from 1981 starring lisa welcher from the facts of life and joni cunningham oh my god (laughs) yes lisa (laughs) welcher Also oh, starring wow. Heather Locklear and Stella Stevens. Oh, that's the sad movie. We don't look at the sad movie. See, there it is. Twirl. That's the movie we call Amazing. Twirl. Twirl. That is, the, that is the gold standard. Two parents compete through their daughters, making them bitter rivals. Uh-huh. It was serious. It was so bad that Aaron Moran died afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad that rivalry was. It killed her. Oh, I'm wow. sorry, Aaron that Moran. Was that, that was terrible. That was a mean thing to say. Yeah, but that was still golden in a a rough way i laughed but then you don't want to like judge you know classy humor on me (laughs) (laughs) the litmus test for classy humor side eye does not communicate well on a podcast but someone just got a face full of it no it does not but it's great though they give us an entire trailer for for twirl oh god for the life mark network yes brilliant He was an outsider in a small town with dreams of making it big. Your daddy was an accountant, damn it, and you're gonna be one too! Your mother was right! You're nothing but an accountant! Based on the true story of one boy who defied the odds. Twirl, baby. Twirl. From the team who brought you Kazoo Twirl. From the people who brought you kazoo. (laughs) That's right. I want to talk about some of the other characters that are here. I love Mavis and Walter, the next door neighbors. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, not only again, that was another one for me where I'm watching it and it's, do you normally get like, if someone walks up to you on your property with a shotgun and threatens you to clean it up in Canada, we call the police. Apparently in America, you just clean up. You don't live next door to those harkers. Those harkers. <laughs> ruin everything. You clearly don't live in Texas where everybody thinks they can go anywhere with their shotgun. Mavis is like, uh, we've had that neighbor. You darn harkers. Oh. I warned you about that damn dog shitting in my yard. Mavis, that is not our dog. I keep telling you oh, that. Oh, you harkers are all alike, making a mess of everything. Oh, for the record, I am not a harker. Whoa, 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 Mavis! Leave those boys alone. Oh, shut your mouth, you old fart. It's an old woman who just has nothing nice to say ever. <laughs> Foul mm -hmm. mouth, mean. <laughs> and actually missing a tooth for real. And then her very gentle husband. I mean, that actress was great. Oh, yeah. It's Ned's mom in real life. Oh, awesome. She is just, I mean, yeah, she's like the nasty neighbor. She's nosy. She's like going around there's like dog shit on the you know she's all pissed about that <laughs> your dog shot on my lawn it's not our dog <laughs> yeah it's not even their dog but they cleaned it up with a t-shirt yeah. that they have for their production mm -hmm. that seems about right these days for though, the shitty show it? yeah yes. they have no production for the show but they have t-shirts made okay walter though <laughs> is immediately when he starts like trying to intervene i immediately love him yes and then every scene that he's in the actor just pulls like he he just owns the character and all the ridiculous situations and turns and twists that he gets. He's like, yeah, that's right. And you just believe him. Yeah. 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 Because for the first half of the movie, he's the henpecked husband. Walter, if you don't go over there right now, I'm going to smother you in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems like this browbeaten guy. And then all of a mm -hmm. sudden he just turns and becomes a badass. He comes out to check on when something bad has happened and the boys have been making a lot of noise trying to cover it up. And he comes, the wife bitches Walter over to go and check it out. And of course, they're trying to hide the body. We'll get into all this. Yes. Oh, he comes over just like, sorry to bother you, but you know, that soul sucking succubus of a wife, she literally threatened to kill me if I didn't come over and find out what's going on with all the ruckus. Yeah, and quite a ruckus it is. Okay, everything's all right. So I'm going to go back home. If you guys need anything, I'm probably being murdered by my wife. Bye. Well, if you need anything, I'll probably be murdered by my wife. Poor Walter. And we even like later see how he meets Mavis. It was and how he fits more to the plot than we think he does. Oh, yeah. He's one of the few people in town who's not awful. It's him and Wayne, the cop, who's engaged to um, Paige. Yes. No, I, I think Wayne, the cop, is one of the most likable characters ever written. And there's a couple of moments he gets later on and stuff. And... It's again, it's it's wonderful writing and character development, but done in a way that is outstandingly humorous. Wayne clearly moved to this town from Canada. Oh, yeah. He, he used to be a Mountie. Oh, um, oh, absolutely. Oh, so nice. So nice. Oh, and yeah, totally. Ned is always just trying to paint him in this awful pic picture. <laughs> Cut to Wayne being adorable. Yeah. I mean, the scene where like Wayne or uh, Ned is trying to convince Paige that Wayne is horrible. When do you end it with that dick socket? I told you before, I do not trust that guy. You don't trust my fiance, the sheriff. Well, your brothers hate him. You're humoring him. And he's like tickling the other two. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, they're just playing along. Mm -hmm. They don't like him. And it's like everybody loves Wayne because he's so sweet. You can't not. 
And and Ned is awful. He's awful. He's funny, oh, yeah. but he's an awful person. Why does everyone in this town hate us so much? Well, they don't hate us. What? What? I can't even talk to you Come right now. Come on, they're jealous. No. I'm awesome. You're awesome. Your sister's hot. Wait, what? She's beautiful. Oh, come on, Jerry. She's been in this whole town spank bang. She should grow tits. Are you? Oh, my God. She That's is. disgusting. She's beautiful. That's disgusting. Like a sister, Charlie. Like a sister. That makes it worse. But he's awful in the way that he a is puppy awful, is yes. awful. <laughs> right? Like, the, he's going to make a mess, and you're going to go, oh, Ned. He's trying his best. Yeah. He really is. He's not out to do wrong. Yeah. He just fails at everything. And that's always a lovable character. Tell me about his wood cutting. Tell me about Ned's wood. So I take it you're not coming to the wedding. No, actually, I'm making you a special gift for the big day. It's not a wood carving, is it? Yeah, it's a wood carving. Jerry loved the one I made for him. Where is it, by the way? It was stolen. Hey, stolen? Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. We don't actually get to see a lot of the wood cutting at oh, one but point. What we see is quite enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he ends up delivering a beautiful statue. And this is the kind of thing that really should be in a museum, in my opinion. And it, it, it's just a giant boob totem with a, <laughs> a conveniently placed massive spike on the side of it. That he carves to confess his love to, to pay. Yes. This is what's going to win her over, this gigantic boob statue. It doesn't even have a face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no features. Yeah, it's a wedding gift, and it's like a mermaid or something that he plans to give her. Like yeah. as a last last ditch effort. It's nine feet tall <laughs> with these huge boobs. And there'll be serious scenes going on with this statue just in the background. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't take anything that's happening seriously. Like it's a giant yeah. boob statue. <laughs> it's great though. It's great. Huge pendulous breasts on this thing. <laughs> oh, and he's got very uh, 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 clearly defined and stained nipples and areolas on it. <laughs> no other features like this. Nothing no at face. all. <laughs> the boobs on point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a vague shape, but very well done breasts. Boobs. <laughs> the boobs uh -huh. are there, man. <laughs> you can cut glass with them. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So we mentioned the necro, uh, the, the Knicks necro mask, whoever, whoever, the, what was he? The Knicks necro. I Knicks can't. County necro killer. He's a serial killer. That's on the loose. He's claimed five victims and he'll kill you. Then he'll fuck you. One of the things that the, uh, bank lady warned about, she, there's, there's this, there's this, uh, rope on the stage that's supposed to shoot a dagger across and, and hit the vampire, <laughs> except it's a real dagger. And there's, and she's like, listen, this is not safe. Somebody could just wander in off the street and pull this dagger and impale themselves in the throat. And that's exactly what happens with the next county. <laughs> yeah, they put a sign on it, but that doesn't matter. Big sign that says do not pull. And in my mind, it said it should say do not pull, comma, Michael Howie. Yes. Yes. It really should. <laughs> yes. The thing that's great, too, is this knife. It's it's not a knife, and it doesn't just swing across the stage or do it dramatically. It is a dagger. And it gets shot across the stage and embeds itself in the wall. Like it's, it's, they're not messing around with this thing. Yeah. A and of course, that's one of the things we see. Michael, it's serious theater. Right? Very it's serious. The thing. <laughs> so yeah, he rolls the in. The stakes got to be life and death yeah. if you're going to raise $50,000. 
So yeah, the serial killer rolls in to rob him and it's like he sees the flight harness and he's like thinks they're into like weird sex games and all this other stuff and but he finds their skull. We'll come back to the skull. Yes. That's what the poor brothers they yes. in this thing he find he finds a locked box. He's like this must be where their money is, but instead it's a vampire skull, which we'll come back to. That's worthless, so he's still looking around for something else and he's like, "Well, what's this rope do?" Well, he finds out what the rope does. <laughs> what we got here? There's a sign, pal. Oh, this sign? The, the do not pull sign? We run some kind of freaky, peaky, kinky set show here. It's a family show. It's sort of a tourist attraction. About what? Vampires. Vampires? <laughs> you guys con artists? You do people come in here and believe this dog shit? Hey! Not just come in here and make fun of their beliefs. No, Ned, it's okay. I got this. No, I may not believe this. A person can wander in off the streets and find themselves on that stage. The cable was pulled at the wrong moment. They can step out without having any idea they're about to be impaled in the. That's right in the neck. He gets it. Well, you know, it's that whole thing. Like when you have the big red button that says do not push, you look, well, why not? What's going to happen? Maybe something bad. Maybe something good. I don't know. Do you mean me? It can't mean me. (laughs) Someone else, obviously. I'm clearly authorized to push this button. Exactly. Or pull this rope, whatever. I want to backtrack a little bit because one of the things that they have left over from the Dracula days is what, boys? I already said it, but please tell me. The skull. Before he died. Our great-great-grandfather, Jonathan Harker, told his son to burn the bones of the last vampire. But the boy chose to keep one piece, the head of the monster, a skull of the first vampire, the power to turn others and create a legion of vampires. A reminder of that fateful night and to stay vigilant. And if the forces of evil should ever rise again. The skull of a vampire. They keep it in a w- metal box. And sometimes the kids take out and play. The kids stuff with the kids was great, too. The flashbacks yeah. with the kids and the dad and the skull and the giant tiny kid with giant adult glasses. On. Yep. <laughs> they, they cast the kid who played little Charlie. With absolutely, if that, like, it would not surprise me if it was actually no Carol's son somehow. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. I seem to remember seeing Carol in the cast list as well. Another Carol. Yeah, it was, it was very, very well put together. They, they dress them perfectly. They use a different camera to give you that throwback vibe with the different lighting and stuff. Uh, and it really shows too, that these kids have always kind of been together. I think. Yeah. Been together and they know what, it's not a surprise who they are. It's not yeah. one of those movies. Like, what? I've been the descendant of Jonathan Harkins? No, they know. They're like, yeah, okay, everybody knows. But he has this great skull with the, with fangs on it. And the guy finds it. It cuts his finger on the, mm-hmm. the lid opening it. And a little bit of blood gets on the skull and goes, gets slurped right up. And it wakes something up in Romania. Yes, I was going to say, meanwhile, in Romania. <laughs> we, do, we do a lot of time traveling and a lot of location traveling. And that's, again, all done really smoothly and really well. Yeah. We're making a mess of it here, but oh well. No, well, and the thing that's great, they they time it out well and they use the right graphic to to show it. And so it's never just like meanwhile in Romania in a really easy way. It's always uh uh set up, set up, set up, joke smash cut Romania in some dark, deep thing, and then same thing, back the other way, back into something right away. Yes. Yeah, so they woke it up a vampire. Somewhere in mm-hmm. Romania, which is now heading their way. So we're tracking the vampire's progress 
yeah throughout the, the movie skull is the beacon and it's just the minute i saw that for a split second i was like why and then it was like oh yeah the skull that's like a beacon he is going to home in on that Right. And it's the skull of what they call the first vampire. It was like the one of the last vampires. And if this this vampire that just woke up after who, how many years they set that up to say, oh, if a vampire ever gets this, then he could he could turn people other other people into vampires and raise a horde. Mm-hmm. He wants to raise his horde. Oh, oh, that's, 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 that's another heartwarming movie on the hall uh, the, the life mark channel. Yeah, life mark. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a ticking time, a couple of ticking timers going off like we've got three days. To raise fifty thousand dollars, and yep. before the bank closes it down, and before the vampire gets here, so now they have a dead body. What are they going to do with this dead body of the the, the the psycho killer that just killed himself in the middle of their house? Who just wandered in off the street, pulled his rope that did not pull, and went with a dagger in the neck. I love that they that for a moment there's the real conversation of it was an accident. He was robbing us. We should call the cops. They actually go there and say, "Who's going to believe us?" That could have been me! We're in trouble! Dad was right, it is dangerous! I'm pretty sure it's because that fuckhead yanked on the cable! There is a sign! Well, what are you doing, man? You can't call the cops! But Wayne! Oh, sure, he'll bail you two out, but he knows I'm his only competition for Paige. I'm not spending the next five years getting my turd cutter tongue punched by a cellmate named Daddy with a straw dog collection. You guys, this was not our fault. It was an accident. Actually, the official citation from the county clerk did say that something like this could happen. Something like this did happen. Could this day get any worse? Charlie's the one who remembers everything. Charlie's like, well, the lady did. It says in our the report that we got from the bank that this was one of the things, the safety issues, yeah. she, specifically that someone could wander in off the street and pull. And impale themselves in the neck. And here it happened. So then you got to yeah. get a shop vac and clean up the blood. When the paper towels weren't enough, Michael. Yes. Yeah. So it's a single, single half sheet of paper towel dropped into this massive pile of blood and it just dissolves. Ned is a, Ned works with wood. He knows how precious it is. Paper is got to yes. save the trees so he can carve them into boob mermaids. <laughs> It's hilarious. And then they pull up the shop vac. And if there has ever been a commercial for a shop vac that they should have gotten to fund this entire project, it was that. That scene sold shop vacs worldwide. It picks up every bit of blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. A little too much blood. Accidentally gets caught on the oh, neck yeah. of oh. the Nix County necro killer and drains him like Benicula drained vegetables. Turns him into a California razor. He's so wrinkly. Oh, such a wrinkly corpse. But then they have to get rid of it. So, of course, you know, this is this is when the Walter comes busting in at the first time to find out what all that ruckus was and <laughs> taped up corpse sitting. They're just leaning against the taped up corpse like, yeah, everything's fine. That kind of a thing. They wind up chucking it over a, ri- over a bridge into a river because they saw it on Unsolved Mysteries. This isn't going to work. Charlie, it's going to work. I saw it on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Hello? Unsolved. And they're unsolved. They're unsolved, so this is going to work. (laughs) Yeah, that's great comedy logic. And then there's even, there's the little visual gag when they throw it over and it lands and hits a rock and then doesn't move for a second. I know. And I was like, oh, come on. Is it actually going to get stuck? Like, there's no water in this river. Uh, and it slowly starts to go, but it's another one of those little, they didn't have, they could have had a full reservoir and it dunks in dramatically and floats away. Instead, it's splat, uh, thunk, 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 as it oozes away in two inches of water. With this great acapella version of, I'll fill it in later in post. 
going on in the background, adding to the comedy. Yes. Yes. Chung 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 chung. And of course, that's not enough. It has to float past somebody. Yes. These two guys are severely underused in the movie. I wanted more of these two cops. Yeah. They well, they show up first in the TV report about the Nick Nick's County Necro Killer. Yeah. Um, and it's the one cop is a sheriff's deputy. And I instantly love it, uh, having come from the news world, because the cops on camera with the or the file photo has his big reflective glasses on. Yes. Right? Like uh, covering how else half are you gonna know face. he's a cop, Michael? You have to have a mustache <laughs> and you have to have reflective glasses. This is the this is that's what it takes to be a good cop. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. According to the good cops. Yeah. They know. If anyone would. And they're a limited liability corporation, so I trust them. Yes. Did I just break you again? <laughs> you're just looking down at your notes and not talking anymore. Sometimes you're more Canadian than other times. That was a big Canadian time. I, mean, I trust everybody. <laughs> they don't seem shady at all. They are great performers and great bit characters who feel like they could have been making their own movie off to the side while this one was being made. And I would have wanted to have seen that movie too. I feel that way about just about every character, every character. Also what I found out is that all these, almost the whole cast works with these, the good cops regularly. So you get this group of people who are really comfortable working with each other and it shows it, fe- it feels like that. Um, and anybody could have taken off and done their own spin, spin on, like if we branched and follow branched off and followed any one of them, it still would have been interesting. Absolutely. The thing is, too, that this has all happened, but also Mavis has heard all the, the ruckus, evil Mavis, evil, loud, cranky she Mavis. saw them put the body in the back of a vehicle. Those fucking harkers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she goes back over with her shotgun. I also like that we're getting like the Charlie's Angels moving squares of visuals yes. on the screen. <laughs> the very that 70s. The, it was a very distinct like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And there's a lot of that in this movie, I think. they You can see them kind of trying something a lot and talking about taking risks. That's another one. It works in this sequence to give us the moving parts to sort of force us to think about more movement and whatnot. Yeah, and I associate that with sneakiness. It's usually yeah. about spies doing something sneaky when you're thinking that kind of a thing. So this is it, it's exactly what's going on. But what happens? She comes up with a shotgun to threaten them, and what happens? Well, It doesn't go as planned. She... Helpful, a, Michael. She has a heart attack, and at this, point, how could she have a heart attack, Christopher, when she doesn't have a heart? Clearly, clearly, she's well, a mean woman. This is where it got really good and layered because the doctor who does the autopsy on the Nix County Necro Killer—it's his blood. It's gone. What do you mean gone? Completely, like something just sucked it out of him. Like something came along. All right, let me stop you right there, okay, Gil? It's that kind of talk that causes pandemonium in this town. The legends, the stories, they really freak folks out, all right? You know, he's sworn to secrecy, and then we go flashback, not flashback, but we see, like, all these, like, the shitty jocks that you went to high school with in a bar, get them drunk, and he spills the beans that there's a vampire draining people. Something just shoot up his neck. I've seen animal attacks, and there's no blood, and bitten right here. Oh! And the town goes nuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, what I like to when 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 the word of the vampire is spreading around town, you're getting little clips of conversations and people all around town. 
Yeah. When you see the real the, the the leader of the asshole group with his girlfriend, he's like, "Well, come on, babe, there's vampires. We got to repopulate the earth." Yes. I don't know, honey. I'm never- <laughs> yeah, I mean, the camera's just <laughs> passing by. I mean, that was great. Okay, so Mavis has died. The town is starting to get upset, and Walter comes over. Instead of being shocked, he says, "Okay, boys, we got to have a little talk." All of a sudden, we discover that, that 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 he does not really care that his wife is dead. And he realizes this is your way out. All of a sudden, come up with this plan. If we've got one vampire body, and now we have another dead body, why don't we make it look like a vampire got her as well? I'm going to play the audio for this. All right, boys. Here's the plan. After we lay her outside, I'll draw as much attention as possible. You boys go out to the forest and make yourselves dirty. I'll call 911 to set things in motion. And in less than 10 minutes... The news will show up. So once you see the lights, make your way back. Can you tell us what happened here tonight? It was a... Don't worry. I'll make believers out of all of them. Those are the ones who saved me! We chased it. We staked it. It got away. Vampires and a real vampire. Oh, we could be dealing with a maniac on the list. Where's your proof? We'll capture it and we'll, we'll show it to you. Okay? We're going to catch the vampire and you can all see for yourselves. Okay? Right here at House Harker. All right? You heard it here first, lady. He lays it all out. He's like, and okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make, I'm going to call the police and then you go off in the woods and you get dirty and then the cops are gonna when when they see the news trucks show up, then you come out and you say kill the vampire and you're gonna be heroes. Yes. Well, yeah. There's there's one other little thing that they they want to do first to make it look like a vampire. Well, it's not want to do. They have to do. They don't want to do it. They clearly don't want to do it. I, I quite enjoy too that for this this sort of stealthy act that they're gonna partake in, they use sharpie to make very large guide holes or large guide uh, uh, marks. Yes, because you can't have a vampire attack without two sexy holes. How do you make those sexy holes? Well, with a power drill. What else? Oh, yeah. And again, that's that's another great comedy. Like, it's a perfect comedy bit because Walter, you see him edge backwards and hold up a big sheet and the blood. That's another blood spray with the buckets coming up. And and I got to say, the drill bit they chose for the job, wildly oversized. Oh, yeah. Wildly oversized. There's going to be nothing like that lady's neck. But yeah, we go through the whole process. It's gross. And there's buckets of blood being thrown around like, oh, okay, that was good. Well, I got to do the other one. (laughs) One down. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They they find a way to get a joke into everything. And I don't remember what caused caused this line, but I'll... I hate to think that we drill the holes in my wife's neck for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that wasn't exactly in this script, Jerry. It's beginning to feel now like we drilled a hole in my wife's neck for no reason. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) But he's kind of freed now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or is he? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. The last 
part of this puzzle was that, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then Jerry has to make it all about him. He's like, wait, we still have this show. What if we actually slayed a vampire? Because if we slay a vampire in the woods, they're not going to see it. We actually need a vampire. What if we have an actor come to play a vampire? So he gets some, some guy he worked with on Twirl. Tanner. Mm-hmm. Who, plays, who plays coach on Twirl. Thousand bucks, not negotiable. 800. Done. I'm sure it'll be worth it. Are you kidding me? After I transform, I'll be the character. The makeup, the hair. I'll be the scariest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. He can play anything. It'll be brilliant. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it for you. <laughs> I'll do it for $1,000. You know, final offer. How about 800? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. 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 <laughs> So you've got you got the fake vampire driving to the house, and he's got full Bella Lugosi, like the like Party City Dracula outfit. Oh yeah, ridiculous looking. But the real vampire has come to town. Yeah, they confront each other. It's they hire two actors. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> yeah, and this all looked great. This scene looked great. The the vampire attack and the head the headlights of the car. Oh yeah, and the fog all looked great. And the vampire makeup was great too. He looks yeah. great too. Now the news cameras have shown up. Which means all the angry townspeople have shown up at the house. Everybody's at the house. Okay. Everybody's converging at the house, of course. And so is the vampire. And what I love too, this was so great. There was some, there's a whole scene going on in the front uh, on the the main cast is doing the scene on the lawn. But during this very serious scene, the vampire shows up and like, oh hi Tanner. <laughs> Now that is fucking scary. Then make him this next level, Tanner. Like I said, kind of an asshole. He doesn't sound very healthy. He's probably in character. We should probably get him out of sight. Come on. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Go inside and lay low until we're ready. There's snacks downstairs. Hey, make yourself comfortable. Mikasa Sukasa. Why don't you come into our house? Why don't we invite you into our house? Why don't you go into the basement? Then you can come up and scare everybody because they're all in the house now and they're, 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 they're wreaking havoc and it's all our fault. And we'll see you on this side later. Bye. And the serious scene is going on and there's absolute mayhem going on. Now. Yeah. So everyone's getting slaughtered because this vampirism spreads like crazy. It's, more, it's like zombies. It's fast zombies, but it's vampires. The other little bit I love is that the Stephanie Myers clone has shown yes. up. Yes. Oh, she was brilliant. Oh, Yes. We are thrilled to welcome Stacy Mendler, best-selling author of the Succulent book series. Now, Ms. Mendler, you've captivated millions by taking this violent, horrific monster and turning it into a sensitive, sexy, sparkling hero. What inspired you to reinvent this creature? Okay, well, first of all, they're not creatures. They're just misunderstood people. I mean, someone had to tell their side of the story. I've just brought the humanity back. As you may have heard, we recently made national news with two alleged vampire attacks. But this behavior is in stark contrast to the misunderstood and loving people that you write about. Would you care to comment? Let me be clear. Whoever's staging this hoax are low-down con artists looking to make a quick buck. This insensitivity, and I'm sorry, flat-out racism towards vampires is sickening. I've got news for them. My book tour was never coming to Leechwood. Now it is. Stacy Mendler, the succulent series. Because when I first saw the succulent book, it didn't hit me. And then when they essentially made her the Stephanie Meyer spoof, it was like, oh, oh, that mm-hmm. is that's wonderful. Whatever's going on at House Harker, I just think that there are a bunch of low life con artists 
looking to make a quick buck. She's right. But (laughs) at this point, she's right. Yeah. And she's like, and I also think everything they're doing is offensive and also racist. Yes. Racist to vampires. Yes. To vampires. Sure. And she wants to take the house because she feels entitled to it being the vampire author. Lakewood wasn't going to be on my book tour, but I'm going there now. So she shows up in the house. And I don't know why a party has broken out in the house. It just has. All of a sudden people are drinking, getting drunk in the house. I don't know what happened. (laughs) The angry townspeople have taken over the house, basically. Yeah, because they were going at that point, they were expecting Tanner to show up as the vampire. So they wanted witnesses. And yeah, and we also at this point know about Walter's past. Yeah, we'll come back to that. I'm just, I'm staying on, okay. I'm just trying to get you through gotta this. You got to wait, Christopher. Okay, okay. This is where the, the, the lack of a plot and it being a lot of scenes stitched together becomes a problem. When you're trying to figure out where to go next. <laughs> but she has this wonderful scene. She's trying to she's trying to impress people. She's like, people are just so like men are so intimidated by my talent. I can smell a van I can sense a vampire anytime there and there. Once you become a best-selling author, it is so hard to meet guys. Uh-huh. It's like they can't handle my gift, you know? Yeah. My special connection with vampires. I can sense their presence. You know, I mean, if one was near, it's like I could feel him. I know it's a lot to take in. I swear, if there was a vampire here right now, I know. And there's one looming. The guy's the big. Yeah, (laughs) she's going to be the she's the first victim. Yeah, right. Appropriately. And also, what I like too is that he feeds on her. She changes, and he immediately rips her head off. <laughs> Am I sparkling? <laughs> no eternity with you. Mm, I got a house full of tastier people, of awful people to get through. Well, and while that's happening outside, is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, and it's where uh, um, they finally confront Ned about the fact that Wayne, the cop uh, who's marrying the sister absolutely just wants Ned to like him. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be friends with this guy and Ned's not letting him. And it's this sincere, wonderful thing. And you start seeing the blood in the background on the windows go <laughs> as these three Buckets, grown, yeah. or, right? These grown men. Yeah. There's absolute chaos going on in the house, but there's this endearing scene going on outside and they have no idea. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> None. <laughs> I mean, it's a bloodbath. <laughs> and the nice part too is Ned kind of gets it. Of course, because he's nice. He's nice. Yeah. He, there's nothing. Uh, yeah, Ned gets it. Ned, uh, sorry, Ned. Sorry, the characters. Damn it. Ned, um, Ned does get it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I understand now. We're going to be friends. We should probably check out what's going on. <laughs> sounds kind yes. of crazy. Well, somebody tell me what the hell's going on. So the actor. Yes. What's up? Yes. And he's up. Yep. Vampires can't be real. Can they? And within like minute, there are like twenty five vampires. Well, what I was gonna say was that he's like, okay, I'll go. Wait, Wayne's like, I'm the cop. I'll go first. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes <laughs> and in and basically he... throws him in and shuts the door. I'm like, you yeah. just killed him. You just made up and you killed him, you idiot. Dick. What? Oh come on, Wayne is a cop with a gun. I'm sure he's fine. Oh. Jeez. So, how long do you think it would take for your sister? to get over the fact that I accidentally shoved her fiancé into a den of vampires. 
he's fine. He's not fine. <laughs> no, open the door. He's fine. Look, and you just see the hand up in the air and the screams. And yeah. 12 people on him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're Maybe right. Not. During all this, we did find out about Walter. What's the truth about Walter? He was a priest and he did. I mean, there's like a whole series of like exorcist jokes with down to the green pea soup vomit. And he was a priest and he did exorcisms. And this is not the first time he has encountered the bloodbath of vampires. And what's great about it, the comedy in that is that he gets burned out, not of being an exorcist because of the evil, but because he's not appreciated at all. And he's talked down to by the demons. A person can only get yelled at and puked on by demons so many times. Yeah. And then he goes to Mavis. Because we see we see him get puked on a million times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then he starts to like it. Like he gets <laughs> to rubbing it in his hair and stuff. <laughs> and yeah. And then he, he he quits the priesthood. He's just a regular dude. And then he met Mavis. And I loved all this. Young Mavis was immediately awful. And <laughs> I'd left the priesthood. I was lost. But then oh. Watch where you're going, you peckerhead. You damn near killed me. Why, I've met some morons in my day. Pick up my damn groceries. I'd spent my entire life getting yelled at by demons. I guess I sort of missed it. What the hell are you looking at? Oh, man. Your breath smells. Your hair looks like a dog cut it. I couldn't even stand looking at you every day of my life. I'd shoot myself in the face. Golly, I would never want to be a part of your life. All those years we were together, I figured she was just probably possessed by a demon. Well, it's great, too. They they, they got a, a, a lovely woman to play young Mavis. Your breath smells like shit. Your hair looks like a dog cut it. And then he just stands up and takes <laughs> her hand and walks away. He's immediately in the yeah. <laughs> It's like, I had no idea how much I missed being yelled at this mm-hmm. much. Oh, it's lit for every pot, boys. Lit for every pot. <laughs> Cut back to the party. They're like, okay, well, they figured out if there's all these vampires in the house, why aren't they coming out? Why are they busting out running loose? Well, it turns out that Grandpa Harker had set up the house that they can't. There's, there's, there's crosses on the door. There's everything to make it. I wrote down the word and I can't find it. I'll never find it. Oh, wait. It's apopatic? Apopatic? Apopatic. Epipatic. I, I'll probably fix that if it's wrong. But anyway, it, it wards off evil. So they can't get through the doors or the windows. And like, okay, great. We can just burn the house down, walk away, except what? Oh, they forgot the sister. Paige is in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Paige is upstairs with headphones on. Mm-hmm. So she can't hear what's going on. She's just like, I can't remember if she's folding yeah. clothes, what she's doing, but she's. She's being awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out being so awesome. they have to go in. I also did like, well, we'll call her, call her, pick up your phone, pick up your phone, Paige. And of course, she doesn't hear the phone, but all the fucking vampires hear it ring. I'm like, and now they know somebody's upstairs. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yes. So the whole house full of vampires is, is trying to get upstairs. And then this is the part where it very much starts to just go. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's in full run sprint mode with action and jokes being laced into it and buckets and buckets of blood. And also heartfelt conversations that go on in the midst of all of this. And there's no lack of pace. It never drops. It's, it's you know, there's no filler in this movie and it's fascinating. And when the vampires get killed, they explode just like when you poke a killer clown from outer space in the nose. Just No, they don't, boom. Christopher. They don't explode. They pop. There's a big yeah. difference. Yes, they, they pop. pop. Yes, it's they a very pop. distinct pop sound, too. 
It's a pop sound. Mm. It's a pop sound. And there is so much blood. It's <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, the body's still intact. They just pop. Wherever they were stabbed, all of a sudden, everything just comes out. That mm -hmm. To the point that they Not just know. Not immediately. Like, like 30 seconds later, they'll pop. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. turn into vampires immediately, but the popping, that takes time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know what it's going to come is that yes. a common problem? Actually, you know what? Yes. <laughs> I think it is for most of us. It's okay, though. You yeah. can talk about like, it. It's a surprise. It's like, we just started. Okay. Or it's like, can are you done yet? Mm -hmm. I want to go home. It's like, yeah, 30 seconds later, it's like, whoops. I need to pee and I need a sandwich. Like, now. <laughs> yes. This is fun. Bored now. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the fat, hairy vampire. Yes. Yes. Speaking of pee. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pain. Because <laughs> Ned pees himself. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I thought Ned peed himself and then blamed it on the vampire. No. The, he takes a vampire that's very, very large and very, very hairy and very, very naked, who then falls on top of him, pinning him to the floor. And of course, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Please don't. Please don't pop. Please don't pop. And that, oh, please don't pop. Yeah. It popped and then it starts to pee and he goes, oh, this is happening. This is happening. It's warm. It's warm. warm. Yeah. It's warm. Yeah, that is right. It's yes. warm is, uh, it is perfection because that's like t-shirt material. Yeah. Visceral, visceral. Mm -hmm. I felt it. I smelt it. All of that. Yeah. And he's just trapped underneath and just, and he's there for quite some time. I get back to him and he's just trapped second. You are my sunshine. But with a big fake my smile. My only sunshine. Eyes closed <laughs> as if he is meditative about heaven or something. Oh, he's he's like mentally checked himself yeah. out. He's like, I'm in my happy place. Been done to this very large hairy dead man. Yeah. Hey, if you guys got a minute, can you get this fast fucker off of me? <laughs> Oh, we also get to see his specialized weapon that he made. I almost forgot about that. Oh, God, the steak saw. Yeah. It's the chainsaw with steaks on it. And it does not. Yes, because it doesn't he, work as planned, but it works very, very well. Nonetheless, that's even addressed in the background. Like, is that can that even work? And Charlie's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's ridiculous. But it kind of makes sense because, you know, Ned carves things with the chainsaw. So why not cover a chainsaw in a bunch of steaks? Yes. Yes. That when the chainsaw turns on, they don't have anywhere to go because they're steaks. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, they but all luckily through a shootout miracle of physics. Yeah. Shoot out and hit all of their targets with laser like precision. Somebody market that chainsaw gun. <laughs> I think Elon Musk has one of those in production, probably. Runs on farts. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. So we've talked about how, like, lightning fast everything was happening. They're also streaming this on yes. the internet. And there's a guy <laughs> watching. <laughs> one dude. One dude. <laughs> one dude. They have, like, one guy. How many people are watching? Four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, and again, it's one of the best jokes because it starts out, they talk about that, they set it up, we're going to film it, we're going to show the vampire, the whole world's going to see, that'll get us the attention, how many people, four, good laugh. Whole thing goes on, it's being live streamed, and you forget about it. And then later on, as like the final horrible things are happening, you see the big fat white guy in his chair go, that looks fake. <laughs> it's, it's fake <laughs> fake yes uh -huh. it's a horrible bloodbath everything pays off what i like about this i don't want to spoil it because nobody seems to know about this movie i've never heard anybody talk about it 
And it's not new. Uh, I forgot what year. 2016. Even though it's a bloodbath, it's a feel-good movie because all the good guys are left standing at the end. All the horrible people are the ones who got killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though like Wayne and even Ned gets turned eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, things get grim towards the end. Like the the peril is real. Like once Wayne gets killed, kind of all bets are off for the major characters. And then Ned gets turned. He's attacking and everything's going wrong. Everybody looks bad. Jerry's going to be killed by the vamp, main vampire. And it's all bad. It could have gone that way, but it didn't go that way. And it's good. All the bad people die, which is how I like things. It's a, all the assholes. Die. You know, it's a surprisingly safe movie in that way. Not a lot of people can watch this and necessarily feel something really terrible about it. Whereas there are some movies meant to be scary or bloody that actually can't. They're very upsetting in a lot of ways. You've talked about the one you just reviewed was very upsetting in a lot of ways because it's so real. And this one, mm-hmm. there's no real risk of that. But it's 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 a romp. It really, really is. It is what a good comedy can be. And all the horrible people are cartoon horrible. Exactly. It's unbelievably bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the bullies like, that are still wearing their high school jackets, even though they're 35 and they clearly graduated 20 years got ago. Some gray right? hairs. Be, yeah, they're hanging out in a bar. Even the bartender's always like, we love it when you guys come in because the whole town comes in to make fun yeah. of you. <laughs> like it's it is Beat you it, up in the parking lot. It is an it, it's not realistic. And that's what's so fun about it is it takes this notion that everybody hates them and just keeps piling on top of it to show it, which is awesome. The only thing that's real in the movie is the bond between the four main characters. Yeah. And that's what makes the whole movie sing. And I love that 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 they didn't sideline the pretty blonde that they added to the cast, that she is just as vital. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though she is the damsel in distress and stuff, she can, more, yeah. she can absolutely take care of herself. Okay, I want to talk about some of the things that are actually surprising in this movie. When you there's this this scene in the diner where they get picked on by the bullies and particularly Charlie, the autistic one, because they the bullies took his pencil. Tell me about Charlie's pencil. Charlie's pencil is the way that he learned how to cope with the world. His dad said, when I get stuck, I look at this little guy and ask him to help me out. And it's a pencil. And dad is clearly trying. Well, actually, what, yeah, what his dad said was like, I figure it out with this, meaning that dad writes it out. But Charlie took it literally. He thinks it's actually the pencil, not what you do with the pencil. Yeah. So, so his pencil is his best friend. His advice. He asks questions to the fence, pencil every now and then gets advice from the mm-hmm. pencil. And OK, it's it, it's his anchor. Yeah, it's always with him. It's like Linus in his blanket. Mm-hmm. It's in peril several times mm-hmm. and it has to be rescued. But Paige has to come in after the bullies take it. She's the one who has to get it, but they're going to beat him up. And she just comes in and just handles the situation as we've learned she's always had to do. Please, don't get it what? back. No, don't give me the pencil back. Okay, I'll keep it then. Hey, dipshit's pencil. I'm Chad. I'm going to pay my bill with you and then snap you in half. Did your special friend You're just an inanimate fucking pencil. Chad Shaver? Put her back for the Leechwood Devils. What's up, Paige? How did a chick like you wind up in a family with him? Oh, he's not so bad. He's got his strengths, not unlike yourself. Hey, you're not so bad yourself. I'm sure we could find something much better to do with these hands of yours, don't you think? What would you have in mind? I wouldn't want to piss off the town sheriff. That shouldn't be a problem for you. You're all muscle, right? And not much else. What? See, Chad, I need the whole package. And the word around town is that you don't have much of a package at all. <laughs> so, unfortunately for you, it's a small town. What'd you say, bitch? What okay. did you say to me? <gasps> Your family is such a freak. Hey, you don't know the first thing about my family, asshole! Oh, yeah? Retard, faggot, and the princess who thinks she's better because she happens to be mildly hot. 
wrong with you people? Hey, fuck you, Chad! I might if you ask nicely. <laughs> so the scene with her as, as a kid, young Charlie getting beaten up and then cutting her in the car. She's like, Dad, I'm the, why am I the only kid in the world that has to protect their older brother? That doesn't make sense. What was I supposed to do? It's not like Charlie could do anything about it. Yes, he can, Paige. You just have to let him try. I'm the only girl in the world who has to protect her big brother. He'll surprise you someday. Until he does, you better plan on picking me up from detention. Every day. Every day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it's those little heartfelt things that were nice. I mean. And the fact that in, afterwards she yells at him. She, like after this fight, she's like, well, if it was. Well, maybe if they took your pencil, you would stop acting like a. She, yeah, the the anger that she has about this is very real, too, which is valid. And it's valid. This is a lifetime. Of, I'm sick of taking care of you. Why can't anybody else in this family take care of you? Why can't these two assholes take care of you? Why is it always got to be it's me? It's very real. Why can't you stuff. like my boyfriend? Nicely delivered. And, and then it turns out she's also a ninja, which made me happy. Yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Great reveal. Bitch, we came here to save you. Who says I need saving? <laughs> feel really bad about losing the house. How everything went down! You can't lie to me, Jerry! But you're right. I've been selfish. We're gonna be family! We have to be honest with each other! I know. I promise. I know it wasn't there for you guys. But I'm here now. And I want to be a part of everything. you guys and we love you Paige damn it Ned not now got it we'll talk later absolutely because you had to learn how to protect your big brother mm -hmm. for years and years and years no matter what size the bully take him out verbally take him out mentally take him out physically I love Paige yes she couldn't twirl though no that again, neither could Jerry, but that's not yeah, the point. The fact right that Jerry is so terrible at twirling and that it comes out and the one thing, his one kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it finally comes down to do or die time for him with this twirl. And you realize, oh, he, he can't do it at all. No idea what he's doing. No, it was a stunt man. They had a stunt man. The rest was all special effects. Yes. <laughs> but that's it's again, it's all of those little things. They they took like Chekhov's gun to the next level. Uh, with this movie. Yeah, it was his Chekhov's Uzi. There were so many bullets in that gun. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. And they all went off. They were all set up. It was all great. I loved it. And she also has a great scene with Charlie, uh, with uh, with um, Jerry, was just like, you left. Wait, what are you going to tell me? After we were evicted? After we lost everything? Hold on, it's not what you think. You can't talk your way out of this one, Jerry. This whole thing was your idea, not mine. Not Charlie's. It sure as hell wasn't Dad's. Dad always wanted to hide things. People need to know. About you. Right, Jerry? It's always about you. You left, and you didn't even care about us. You never called once to see how Dad was doing. He died, and you were too busy focusing on you. And then when you weren't getting enough attention, you tucked your tail between your legs and came back to see us. And now you're trying to help. We don't need your help, Jerry. We don't need you. We were doing fine without you. 
Yeah. You left and you come back and you take over and you ruin everything because everything's got to be all about you. You took the money. There's that line early on where they're showing the real estate later on. She's like, oh, I really love the bathroom. He said, oh, yeah, we started renovations. Then Jerry came home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it all became about the show in the basement. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So I identify with you, Jerry. I get you. Let's put on a show right here. He's Andy Hardy. Mm-hmm. We've with got the, the money. Yeah. This is a much better idea. Mm-hmm. We don't need towels. At some point, one of the things you heard in the background, like, Charlie doesn't even have a bathroom. Charlie's been using a bucket for six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buckets. Yeah, but there's the scene where they come together as a family in the midst of this bloodbath going on all around them, like literally in the background. They're having this family moment. So it's this tender moment, but with hilarity happening all around. It's so well-crafted. It's a well-crafted little film. And I'm very sad they didn't, they, they're all doing other things now, as far as I can see. Something that I found interesting when I put it on the first time was every single performer in this, uh, or I should say all of the leads in this, looked like someone I knew. I kept wanting to say, like, I, I've seen them in something, and I looked it up, and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walter especially. Walter I was like, especially. Yeah, I, I've seen him in, like, four or five, you know, movies, and I looked, and I was like, I've not seen him in a thing. But I would have I bet, like, an organ that I saw him in something like in the eighties. I, I don't think I would have made that bet myself. I just felt pretty sure. Yeah. Well, you're not me, Michael. So be glad. He lives in Texas. He lives on the edge. Every time he leaves the house, <laughs> I've got two kidneys. Walter looks familiar. There you go. That's a t-shirt. Now I got one kidney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally worth and it. Half a liver. Totally worth it. It doesn't grow back. Like they say. Bastards. No, and he's been working steadily since uh, the 2000s, too. That's, you know, he's been around. You know, they all of these performers know what they're doing. Uh, but I just, you know, if you haven't happened to see them, you haven't happened to see them. And as you note, uh, I think they could probably all pull pretty well, too. Yeah. I'm guessing we've seen them on commercials. Mm, that's a good good bet. Or in pornography. Yeah, uh, even better. Or commercials for pornography. I'd bet one of Christopher's organs on pornography. <laughs> Or a commercial. <laughs> he doesn't need a spleen. Well, I certainly don't. Walter just rocking back and forth, you know. I, I don't need your spleen, so it seems reasonable. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I have a drill. <laughs> <laughs> I have not just two drills. I have two different types of drills. I don't, I don't want to know. No, it's got weird. I know it's got Yeah, we don't need to know about your flesh. Although I got to say, (laughs) that took a second to land for some reason. Took a while to get up to Canada. Uh, It's the time delay. Uh, When I was watching this, I watched it with my girlfriend and she pointed out, yeah, they would have done a better job if they used an all. And I thought, that's how you know she's a keeper, first of all. But also, that's just good advice. Yes. Yes. But that doesn't make a horror comedy. Doing the right thing does not make a horror comedy. Doing the right thing would have been to just say the guy broke in. But no, no, that's not fun. There's no fun in (laughs) that. There's no fun Very in that. True. That's not the Harker thing to do. <laughs> no. I do still want to know what the Harkers have done to the town. I feel like that's the one thing that never gets fully explained. Well, they are assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're like goofy assholes. Yeah. But did you see everybody else in town? They're asshole assholes. Oh, yeah. They're, they're asshole assholes. Well, I'm sure that it's probably just all of them, the Harkers. Everybody, the Harkers, they, 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 they're famous because their granddaddy did something 100 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. They killed a vampire. Vampire mm-hmm. Phoenix says, blah, blah. Look at him look acting so hot. Ooh, he's got a pencil. Ooh, he can twirl a baton. Ooh, she's mildly hot, as the, as the bully said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, here come the Harkers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to use. Offensive language, but it's what's in the movies. Oh, here come the Harkers, the retard, the faggot, and the girl who thinks she's special because she's mildly attractive. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. 
A very 2016 line. But that's exactly what the bully who's been wearing his high school jacket for 20 years. Well, exactly. Oh, it's yeah. appropriate for I, the character. Yeah. And I mean, come on. They named him Chad. Yes. I mean, they didn't hold anything. Yeah. It was just like, what do we name him? Chad? Come on. Look at him. He's- Go Devils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be some like local sports hero. And that little yeah, he scored the winning touchdown 20 fucking years yeah. ago. <laughs> and then every time someone sees him without context, it's go devils in unison, the whole, the whole bar. <laughs> yeah. But like all the, all the extras are fascinating. Like the extras know what they're doing too. Oh yeah. Like a lot of times you get, you, oh, yeah. you, you, they're all great. You can all tell these people do no character stuff. They're all have little moments and they're great. I like the guy in the, in the leather vest. He was funny. He gave good face. <laughs> He, there's the big burly biker looking yeah, guy yeah. who is oh, yeah. always serving Hollywood face. <laughs> he had a stink face for every occasion. It wasn't the same stink face. I'm like, yeah, not to be fucked with. You got to do your character research, right? You Give do. him a backstory. And the thing is, we've thrown a lot at you as the movie threw a lot out of us, but it comes in at a nice cool hour and 20 minutes. You're in outdone. Mm. It goes by like lightning, and I love it. Perfect length. Not a wasted moment, not a wasted scene. It felt very much like they did take time to go over all of the elements and say, okay. And and maybe even wrote it backwards to get that to be like to, to fully pan out. But these are the things we want to happen by the end of the movie. How are we going to set everything up? And like you said, there's, there's everything is connected to something later. So even when it feels offhand or it feels maybe like, oh, why would they show that? Or why would they tell us that? It's going to come up again in some way, likely as a punchline. Mm-hmm. I would say my mm-hmm. one criticism of that, though, is that they lead us back to it. Oh, look at the face. The face I was just given. I took sketch comedy classes, so I didn't have this They were classes. It was a workshop. Thank you very much. Online. Okay. Who's Jerry now? Who's Jerry now? <laughs> Michael. Michael's pulling a Jerry. Excuse me. I know how comedy uh-huh. works. No, but it's just a couple of times. It is. They they, they show you I the once watched the entire season of Small Wonder. I know how comedy works. I'm Michael Howie. <laughs> oh. I had a VHS copy of A Fish Called Wanda. I know comedy. I had it on Betamax. Thank you very much. Of course, and then you later did. Of course I upgraded to Laserdisc because it's the only yeah. truly flawless reproduction. Hate you both. All right, I think we've done as much as we can. I had a bloody good time at House Harker. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Absolutely worth yeah. your while. It's a great Halloween movie, especially for people who don't like horror because it's not scary at all. I mean, the 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 elements are all there, but none of them are scary. Like they don't make they don't make the the scary stuff funny. No. Yeah. It, but it that doesn't works. mean it's scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd <laughs> say if like, so for me, jump scares can really get me sometimes in an unpleasant way. And even the jump scares in this are done in a way that it's, ah, oh, that was fun. And also that safety net that it's a comedy, you know, everything's going to turn out right. Sure. So the stakes are lower. Yes. No, the stakes are oh, lower. Stakes the stakes are definitely are lower. lower. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the vampire apocalypse at the end of it. <laughs> it's a big twist. <laughs> <laughs> Big twist. What you're experiencing right now is science fiction. In fact, the vampires did win and you are being bled dry. End of film. The thing that I actually kind of respected, I was waiting because when they come out, they come out to like a fresh snow Mm -hmm. and you see bodies in the ground, you know, like body parts just sticking out of snow drifts. And I was like, 
at least in the credits or something, they're going to do something with a hand or the skull or something. They don't even go there. They're like, we did what we came here to do. They did leave the door open for a sequel, though. Yes. So there really are vampires. <laughs> vampires? They're nothing compared to the goddamn werewolves. I would I would be more than happy to revisit House Harker. I would, too. In another format. Maybe not vampires, because they have the thing with Walter set up. Like, oh, if you think vampires are bad, way to deal with werewolves. Yep. So we know they exist, but whatever, whatever they do, they couldn't have to do anything scary. They were funny enough on their own that I, and enjoyable to hang out with. What I think is great about that NC2, because apparently there was this genuine cold slap, a cold, cold slap, cold slap, cold snap that hit Los Angeles or wherever they filmed. I forget where. So well, every time they're working outside, it was incredibly cold. And that snowstorm really? was completely unexpected. For the last scene, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to make it a Christmas. But I like it. Now it's a Christmas movie. But they are, they, every fucking standing character is head to toe yeah. blood, covered in blood. Like oh, no yeah. white on the face anywhere. Like it's just red with eyes. That's all you got on anybody. When they all come out of the house, they're still all covered in blood, but they all put on their, I had a bloody good time at a house Harker t-shirts. <laughs> yes. This is a good time to go advertise. <laughs> Because now they're going to have their show. They're going to make their money back. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody in town is dead. <laughs> there is no one to come. But we're fine. <laughs> they killed the Stephanie Myers substitute. They're going to be national news. Come on, international news. Maybe they'll just throw them all in the river. <laughs> they're going to have angry teenagers. Why didn't I think of that? Brilliant, brilliant Michael. <laughs> he learned that in his workshop. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the comedy workshop. We're never getting body thrown mm-hmm. around. They're all on the top of each other. <laughs> so that's one way to fill. It's one way to fix the drought. It raises the water level that's there yeah. a little bit higher. Because I got nothing. I got nothing. That was stupid. All right, boys. So where can people find your shows? What's going on with you guys? And uh, tell me good things. Tell me good things about uh, you both. I, I am reasonably well hydrated, and you can find me on Defender Radio Podcast at DefenderRadio.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen, as well as The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised storytelling podcast at, end, at OtherBothers.com or anywhere you listen. Why are you making a face at me, Patrick? As I'm sitting here resting my face on my microphone and blinking, my, uh, one of my co-hosts on Dami Wonka Lewis, she says, I want to make a sign to hold up that says, Patrick rests his nose on the microphone in embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I did that till she said that. Now I just caught myself doing it as you retired. I was looking at myself like, oh yeah, there I am. I'm doing it. There I am doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I remember I was the well hydrated thing. It just it got me squishy. <laughs> he looks plump and glowing, but plump. His skin looks, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like a well-stuffed Canadian turkey. Christopher, Christopher, save us, please. Okay, I will save you because I, too, am well hydrated. In Texas? Is that even allowed? You know, it's one of the last freedoms we have, and hopefully if uh, the elections go well, we'll continue to have water. The two and H2O is for the Second Amendment. Damn straight. I, I just pissed off all my Texas listeners. Great. Tell me about Not About Lumberjacks. Okay, so I do a show called Not About Lumberjacks. It's a not quite monthly fiction podcast where I just write short stories, record them, and sometimes I have other people record them, such as Michael Howie, because every November, because the only promise I have with the show is I will never, ever tell a story about lumberjacks except November. Sometimes lumberjacks slip in and you... 
need a Canadian to narrate. And Michael did one of the best jobs there. Thank so you. you had me at lumberjack slip in. I saw that happen yes. as you said it. <laughs> I know. Just something came over Patrick's face. His hand went between the buttons of his shirts. Who used to have a crush on the brawny paper towel guy? Me. That's who. Before they before they got rid of his flannel and his beard. <clears throat> Made him normal. Okay, boys. Thank you so much for joining me. And this is fabulous. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes. And happy Canadian Thanksgiving, eh? <laughs> it already happened. Whatever that is. <laughs> So that, my beautiful screamers, was fabulous. Thank you again to Michael Howie and to Christopher Gronlin for coming on and having a little bit of fun with me. Good times, good times. And also thank you to everybody at Good Cops TV for putting this fabulous movie together because, as you well know, my beautiful screamers, I am a fussy eater when it comes to horror comedies. I don't like them. I'm already coming in with a huge grudge on my shoulder. And this one managed to tick all my boxes and tick them in just the way I like it. So huzzah, huzzah. That's a rarity, so... Check out the movie if you haven't already. Please do. You know where to find it. And trust me, we haven't spoiled shit. We barely scraped the surface. So you may also think it's funny that since I don't like horror comedies, that next time we're doing another horror comedy. Next time we're going to be watching the 2019 film Porno about the kids working in a movie theater that unadvertently unleashed a sex demon upon the world. I actually didn't plan it this way, but I'm fine with that because I do have to be 100% honest here. I'm still feeling the ick from covering Grim Love. It's not just the movie itself, it's that I had to immerse myself in that world for so long, it's taking a long time to shake it off. But it just turns out with the way things times out, we're doing yet another horror comedy so I don't have to go back into the achy world yet again before I'm ready. To make this even more fun, uh, the guys that came out to talk about Pumpkinhead last year, Oso Ewart and Pastor Fabulous himself, Pastor Ben Fitzgerald Fye, are going to be my very special guests. And here's the fun part, this movie was a request by Pastor Fabulous himself. So I'm going to be talking about pornography and sex demons with a man of the cloth. So this episode is going to be something special. I think that's all I got for you for this time. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, please continue to make the world a creepier place. And you do that by following the Scream Queen's golden rule. Say it with me, kids. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And most of all, stay fabulous. Rao. <laughs> The music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.